I, I was scared, sure. I was scared to do a lot of things in my life, but I was willing to push through this the scared because I was far more afraid of going back to that life. Like, no, I will. That will always be a flaming house of fire behind me, and it will always propel me to continue running. Welcome to Prey versus Predator, the podcast. We are extremely excited to have a returning guest with Ooh. us today, the fabulous, the amazing Lindsay Williams. Yay! From Shiny Happy People, Duggar Family Secrets on Amazon Prime. Please check out the documentary. We have chatted with Lindsay before on two previous podcasts that have been amazing. So, Stop. If you've already listened to, if you have not listened to the previous podcast, please go back. But if you have, enjoy this third episode with the amazing Lindsay. Lindsay, how would you like to be introduced today? Tell us about yourself. First of all, I think you did an amazing job. So thank you. <laughs> thank you. Well, thank you. Um, I, I don't know to say much more than that, but, um, you know, the shiny happy people documentary came out in June and it's, it's been quite the whirlwind. Um, some days I'm like, uh, I don't know if I want anyone to know me anymore. <laughs> and other days I'm like, hi, I'm Lindsay Williams. I'm that crazy person on the documentary talking about all of her past trauma. Um, but it's, I think right now it's just, I am here to advocate. I'm here to continue to talk for those who are too afraid to to speak out, for those who are unsure about speaking out, and then those who just aren't really sure about the decisions they should make in their personal life because of the difficulties of, you know, just uh, accepting that and also just trying to be that that brave bit of yourself that has to come forward. So uh, Lindsay Williams works fine for me and I am from Shiny Happy People. <laughs> nice. Awesome. Ooh. Today we want to talk about... Um, outcomes followed you've you were able uh your voice was heard your voice was spoken on this fantastic documentary and now what what have people's reactions to your story been that's a really good question actually i don't think i've been asked that really oh, um it's it's actually been incredibly shocking to me because before the documentary, I have a lot of anxiety and panic, um, just naturally given the CPTSD that I've endured. But I um, I really braced myself for pushback, for a lot of hate, for a lot of uh, confusion, um, people just demanding that I rescind what I've said or, well, not all Christians and th those types of answers um, or responses. And instead, 99.9% .9 of the, the feedback where people are actually going out on my social media or sending me emails have been positive. Oh, good. Um, people have come out and told me their stories and shared more about themselves or how they watched the show. And it started to open up their mind to wait a minute. I think even just in my evangelical church, I was more indoctrinated than I realized, or I recognized the umbrella you know, structure in the documentary. And I saw that in my Baptist church and, oh my gosh, I can't believe, wow, I've, I've actually been a little more conditioned than I thought. And I didn't realize authority was a default for me. And so it's, it's just been the gamut. I, we've had Mormons come forward and talk to us, um, LDS that it said it's a similar for the high control situation. Um, so it's, it's just been really exciting to see the feedback that it's been so positive and curious 
And then also just the awakening in people. And and of course, going into this, that's what I hoped for. But again, I as it got closer to the launch, I had more trepidation and fear. And then all of this loveliness. And I just Tia said it best in uh, the documentary where she said, you know, if you if you take those steps and you fall, the universe will catch you. And I have definitely felt the others that I was told to fear for so long. Everyone else out there in the universe is catching me and supporting me and um, really understanding the pain that I've gone through. So it's it has been pretty incredible. Now for the ones that are not so positive, <laughs> they almost seem to be the hardest ones to handle. As, as any, I think any human being, the negative is always going to outweigh the positives, um, unless yeah. you are just like one of those... Uh, for me, kind of obnoxiously positive people, which is not always my viewpoint on things, um, you know, where the sun is always shining, even when it's raining outside. Um, I always tend to focus more on the negative. And so there there have been some moments along this this ride, if you will, that have been a little a little bit more uh, disheartening because it's almost a, a, an, a willful refusal to understand what I mm. went through. And also just even recognize how hard it was to even come forward in the first place. Yeah. So were those were those hard conversations, were they from the people that you would call the others? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. The others meaning, you know, fear. The positive conversations came from the others in that they were so uh, just the world, you know, even people yeah, okay. that aren't Christians were the ones that would come forward and say, oh, my gosh, you're so brave and you you escaped this and hooray for you. It was actually within the system or within family system mm. that it didn't go so positively. And that's even especially more so, I think, with families where it got more heartbreaking. You know, yeah. how, why are you refusing to believe what I'm saying? Yeah. Well, which brings up a brilliant question. Why do you think they, why, like, what's your take on it? What, why are they refusing to hear somebody who is speaking from their heart? So you're speaking, you're telling your truth, and you're saying that there's people that are saying, we don't believe you, or what are they saying to you? And, and then what's your take on that? Like, where are they coming from? I feel first the the resistance and maybe the more accusatory tones are coming from a basis of fear of their own foundation crumbling mm-hmm. that they don't want to see what they probably actually do understand on a deeper level. There is a part of them that that I think if they accept that this happens, then they therefore have to accept that Bill Gothard is bad. They also have to accept that the teaching led to these types of abuse abuses. And though the argument can be not all right, not all Christians are bad, but this guy was and his beliefs hurt a lot of people. So if that is true, you now have to question what you still believe about the teachings that he put out there. And then that starts to crumble a lot of other things because you're forced to truly look at it in a more raw state and and give up your blind belief. Now you have to accept that you have blind faith. Mm. So that, then, then the ownership and the responsibility really falls in your lap now as an awoke adult. And I don't, I don't really like using the word woke. It just, it gets so sarcastically used yes. at this point or thrown back in our faces, but you need to awaken your senses again, because you've fallen asleep in the blindness of your trust and faith in other people. 
Well, and to me, um, I would think that they now have the opportunity to take responsibility for themselves and their mm-hmm. actions. And that is can be quite uncomfortable. Well, or or you can be wrong. You can be wrong. <laughs> like, yeah. Yeah. Like, so, I mean, I mean, if, if you're weighing those choices, one is a choice to look at your entire foundation of life, your belief system, your value system, everything you have believed in or victim blame. Yes. Yeah. Point the fingers. Like, like it's it's a weighted issue. You know, it, it makes me think of like a cult situation where, you know, the, the Martians are going to come, the Martians are going to come, or the end of the earth is going to come. And then it doesn't come. And some people, they, 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 they wake up and they, they leave. And then there are other people who just double down. We got the date wrong. Let's, it's, in, it's in two years. Mm-hmm. Right. The backpedaling. Yeah, the, the tail spinning, the oh wait, but what? I'm sorry, we need to recalibrate this. Um, we must have gotten one of our calculations wrong, although yes, we're still not yes. wrong about the end <laughs> result. And you're just like, you guys, stop! You've been trying to do, you know, the end times for how many centuries? So, yeah. like, I am, I imagine it's for so many people, it is so much easier to just look at you, yeah, like, blame you, blame you, or you know, the, and others like you. Who, who can't possibly be right because it would just cost me too much to give up. So it has to be you. Yes. But that is that puts the victim in this impossible situation. Have you f- experienced that? Yes. You, it, and it's, it's also putting you, if you are going to be defensive about this and you're going to sit in defense, you're showing me your denial. Yeah. You're, you are denying the truth. Because your defensiveness, your stay, staying secure in yourself is far more important than the wrong that's happening to other people. And I don't I don't understand that. I, I did a TikTok video recently where I, I asked, like, I know it's probably a strange way to ask it, but I'm like, as a Christian, are you more interested in your in being persecuted or in understanding victims? Mm. Because I feel like when you're in the defense and denial phase of something, now you're being persecuted. Somebody's coming for your belief. Yeah. But if you care for other people and what they're going through, you you don't need to worry about being persecuted. Or maybe that's what you're worried about. Other people judging you. Because that's really what that is. It's not persecution for your faith. People are judging you because mm. you're siding with someone who was harmed. And therefore, you are now pushing against the bigger system, which will try to attack you in the process. So will you also be brave enough to stand with people that are trying to call out what the wrongdoings are? I just think it's interesting because you're saying they have a choice. They can either be the victim or uh, what's the other choice? So they they are the victim or they they see the victim. They see the victim for what has been done to them. And I think it's a choice between acting like Jesus, which would be going towards the victim and trying to bring healing, or being the greater victim, which seems like a power move in this culture, especially in this, you know, evangelical culture, whatever you Mm -hmm. want to call it, fundamentalism. It's like there is power in being the victim. And you see that in political structures. It's like, oh, poor me, poor me. Like the most powerful person on earth is the president of the United States was saying that they were the biggest victim in the world because <laughs> there was it was a power move. 
And then you can choose to be like Jesus, which would be to bring healing. And I'm not even speaking as someone who's like, oh, I'm going to preach to somebody. I'm just saying, isn't that who Jesus was? And it just strikes me as such weird irony and weird choice for people who say they are in a committed relationship with Jesus. I'm like, but you're Mm -hmm. not acting like that. You're not going towards the person who has been victimized. I agree. There's there's a lot of flip going on, too, in America right now, where a lot of these evangelical Christians are now sort of like coming for Jesus because he was considered too woke. Mm. I am not kidding. This is <laughs> happening in our that churches. Makes no sense. He the is word- too woke. And I'm like, OK, so then is there any bit of the Bible that actually we give a flip about following anymore? Because... <laughs> I'm really lost at this point and I'm really glad I'm not into religion anymore because you guys are off on some like far rabbit trail that I really don't want to be a part of anymore. Oh, it's exhausting. They're going to make Jesus great again. (laughs) (laughs) He's going to have a comeback. (laughs) When he comes down and brings us all back up, you know? Yeah, exactly. (laughs) It's just, it, it is interesting to me and I just, I I hear you because as a person who was raised in that tradition too and has deconstructed, dare I say the word, um, you just kind of deconstruct this kind of narrative that you're you've been raised in. So even for me, even for me and my a family that I will bring up stories to my mother in my life who's still very much committed to that tradition and I think they're hysterical like just the (laughs) stuff that we had to do as children or as young like just waving palm branches walking down the middle of a street that is funny I'm sorry but it is so normal yes it's so normal but you tell these stories because it is quite funny but she hates hearing about it Because I think she feels such guilt about it. And Mm. she's like, don't talk like that. And and, and I'm so it's it's a weird thing, because for me, I want to redeem, use that word, but you want to value what you went through for a purpose. But some things are just shitty (laughs) and there is no valuing them or redeeming them using another religious term. But and so. Anyways, that's the, that's where I'm at too. It's like how to, you. so for me, the way I value it or redeem it is to create a, like to tell funny stories and to tell people that they're not alone and to that's for me, but that isn't for everybody. Mm-hmm. And I think it, it, it scares them and they feel judged. And, and I'm not saying that how she feels is good. <laughs> nor in your family situation either. I think I'm just processing it myself. It's, along it's, with hard, you. it's a hard place to sit in when you finally have your voice mm. because they clearly don't have theirs and they have it steeped in religion, but it's like saran wrapping their face. Do you know what I mean? Like they're smothered so in it. So instead of like, poking a hole in the saran wrap and trying to breathe yourself. You're like, I just want to keep, I just want to keep being in this like little defensive force field that I have. I've said lately, like people use scripture, like the Bible is the drop mic for Christians. If they give you a Bible verse, boom, Boom. drop mic. And they'll just walk away. And it's (laughs) like, it's such a haughty, arrogant 
place to to be in, to not even want to consider if what you say even makes sense to someone else. There there are so many different people that are so staunchly stuck that in this in their faith that they're not even willing to entertain questions. Don't even ask me something that might push against the tenets of my faith. Because again, if you do that, it's a Jenga puzzle. I'm slowly pulling out that Mm. puzzle piece in the center and everything's getting a little wobbly. And instead of, like you said, taking ownership for it and responsibility, they just deny, defend, come back in themselves, drop mic, walk away from you. Well, you know what? You're free to believe what you want. Yeah, that's not that's not a healthy conversation for them or me. You're not, you're not, we're not helping each other at all in this moment. So for, for me, I poke a little bit more and I want to ask questions. Why do you truly feel this way? Well, that's just what God says. That's not enough for me. And it shouldn't be enough for you. If I am harmed in the way that I have shared Mm -hmm. on so many podcasts through the documentary on my own social media pages. And you're not even willing to consider the like uh, an ounce of compassion that I went through that. Again, like you said, I don't see Jesus in it. I definitely, Jesus is not in your soul at all. If he is who you proclaim him to be for you, you are not being Christ-like. And if anyone can point at people telling them they are not the way the Bible says, it is definitely someone like myself. But what's the point of arguing that? I would rather say, Tell me about another cult that you know of. Why do you think they're a cult? Why are you labeling them that way? Give me like five or 10, you know, bullet points. And then I'll turn it around. So why is your faith not also these 10 things? If you're telling people they must do this, they must do that. They must dress a certain way. They must speak a certain way. They must do certain things, behave a certain way. How are you not in a very similar mind frame and it, you're, it's okay for you to judge all of them and yet you can't look critically at your own belief system? Yeah, I just read Bono's book, Surrender, and and in it he says that that ultimately there is only two emotions, fear or love. And at the end of the day, everything you do, it's either going to come from a place of fear or a place of love. So how are we going to mm-hmm. act? That's so deep. That's so Bono, hey? Leave it to Bono. Come on. (laughs) I am curious. (laughs) But it is true. Like, if if they don't, like I said, the the fear, if I see them in defense, it's because of fear. Mm -hmm. If I see them in denial, it's because of fear. If I see them reject fear, that's not love. You wouldn't deny in love. I wonder if there's this idea that these these systems, like one of the things I think that Shiny Happy People and uh, does such a great job of, and that um, the the people like yourselves who are trying to speak truth into this s- situation, you do a great job of really expressing this idea that there is a hierarchy and a structure that goes beyond anything that anybody really has conceptualized. So you have a bunch of prey who are innocent by all, by a lot of, uh, most of the people there are probably quite innocent and they are just have this deep desire to do what's right. 
but they're sold in just like a exactly cult like a, like it's no doubt that that there's cult overtones to all of this. So you've got a predator or predators who create this system and then the system has to develop predatory beliefs and then you have all these prey trying to please the predator, trying to be enough for the system and the system was it you who said you start policing yourself? Yes. So then the yes. prey starts policing themselves and not having any clue that they are prey yeah. because they can't think outside their prey brain because none of us really can. But now that you're, you have, because you were hurt, because of the pain, because of the, the, the things that you were exposed to and went through and you probably your own bright spark and independent, um, you know, desi deep desire to kind of be authentic, you, you dared to break out of that belief system, the the umbrella, <laughs> you know, you got rained on. And there's probably like, you know, that, that idea of love or fear, mm -hmm. there's probably this deep mm -hmm. terror. Like you went outside of that. You are thinking differently. Something bad is going to happen. I have to reject you. Mm. Because if mm -hmm. I don't reject you, then what ever like there, there's not I don't even know if there's a way sometimes for people to realize they're in the system that they're in. Do you I like agree. No, I agree. I it's I don't know how to best articulate this right now, but I I do feel that there is like a claw in the mind where it just it gets so rooted down into people's psyches. And even as you were saying, like when you get to the point where you're self-policing because you've been taught to like stay mm -hmm. within certain parameters, you almost become also your own predator in your own head. Yes. Yeah. So you're predatory, you have mental predatory processes that you actually will submit to. Yes. So your inner voice is constantly pushing against you or pushing you down. And then if you're someone like myself, where I'm just like, I just, I'm just inflamed by it. Like, no, oh, let me mess up. Um, and don't, I can't really answer why, you know, but then yeah. the, up, the higher voice in your head says, well, it's because you're too willful. It's because you're too, right. too much of something. And I didn't put that there. I wasn't born with that thought. That thought was indoctrinated and planted yes. into me through the seeds of my upbringing from my Bible schools into my homeschooling, into Bill Gothard and the church and pastors, et cetera, et cetera. So well, that's if, a predatory if you, system. If it's that's allowed system. to just continue, how do how do you untangle all of that? You know, I mean, it, it was Ginger Duggar in her book that said that she likes she wanted to detangle her faith instead of deconstruct it. And quite frankly, I think it starts with detangling um, to try to figure out what is you and what is that? What is what is the faith? What is your belief system? And then what is really you? And what what are your authentic beliefs at the end of the day? If you strip if you strip the Bible out of yourself which I know shocking for you Christians, you know, hold your seat. But if you, if you remove the Bible from you for a moment and you ask yourself, do I love others? Can I only love others through Jesus? Can I not love them myself? Am I not capable? Are you not strong enough in who you are as a human on this planet that you can't love someone unless it is through Jesus? And if your lens is a Jesus lens, there's also going to be problems there because that book has not evolved 
in eons. So it doesn't it doesn't add a lot of the nuances that are in our world now. And so you're, again, fully incapable of being able to actually consider truths because you're you're only comfortable if it goes through a lens of Christ. Mm -hmm. And I just it's I'm also not telling people you can't believe in Jesus and you can't be a Christian. Go be a Christian, but actually be an authentic one and challenge the Bible and challenge people like Bill Gothard or challenge your mother, challenge your father. If they're saying things that do not align, don't just, there was a, uh, sorry, I might rabbit trail for a second, but there was a guy on, on TikTok the other night that was uh, talking about purity culture. And he had a photo up or um, an illustration up of a woman who was like in like a really skimpy tank top and little undies. And then next to that, he had a woman dressed like the 1950s in, an, in the illustration. She had a Bible or actually the Bible was like on that photo, but not on the other one. Cause you know, mm -hmm. if you're in your underwear, clearly you are not of the yes. Bible. Yeah. <laughs> and, um, he was, he just kept coming at people, you know, berating them, you know, like women these days, you know, they're just, they've had their chests out everywhere, all over TikTok and men are failing and men are, it is defrauding men and they can't, you know, they, how are we supposed to get through this world? And I'm just like, first of all, you, this is very one-sided and insanely sexist. Men can walk around with their shirts off and I don't see an illustration up here of a man in a shirt and mm -hmm. a suit and then a dude with no shirt on. So you're only coming for women. That's that's your first problem. Your second problem, you're dictating everybody else's morality because you demand that they believe exactly like you. Yeah, that is not even in a family unit. You you are incredibly naive if you think that all of your children will believe exactly what you believe for the rest of your life. If you are their parent, if you've parented them correctly, in my opinion, they will flourish and become who they need to be and who they want to be. And they may choose a different branch of your religion. They might want to be a Lutheran. They might, might want to be a Pentecostal and not your IFB. Mm -hmm. You're going to have to get used to that and comfortable with the fact that everyone else has the right to make their own choices. And who are you to judge that? Do, like, Christians do not like it when everybody else comes at them for their beliefs. Again, they take on the victim, but it's really, I, I want to say victim, but I don't really think that suits them. I think they enjoy being persecuted. Mm. So it's not, I'm an actual victim of a crime of something that bad has actually happened to me. They, they cry, you know, like they cry wolf, that they're being persecuted for righteousness sake for it is like the glory of God. Well, it, but isn't that one of the predatory uh, techniques that Gothard used? Like oh, when yeah. you were hurting and you were scared and you were uncomfortable and you were, you know, uh, when a predator hurt you you it was to help you become more holy it's all predatory it's all based on this predatory understanding and what's sold to you as prey. predators may pray may not yeah, yeah. yeah. Yes. like yeah. and if there are predators in the church if there are predators in the ministry if there's a predator in your own home well god is meaning that for a greater good for you not them. that is insane. not for them <laughs> not for it them that's the irony Disgusting. That is disgusting that that is the the conversation and the, the 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 belief he wants to and has promoted. He would send people right back into their abusive home life situations and tell the victim, 
because that's an actual victim right now, mm-hmm. that they needed to continue to cry out to God and have their purest faith as possible because God could use that victim as a way to turn the heart of the predator. Mm-hmm. It's uh, asinine that like no one that doesn't work that way, mm-hmm. but he'll find one or two stories. He'll, he'll find them somewhere and he'll probably make them up. And he will say, Oh, this young lady in Vermont, she, she went back to her father who was, you know, slapping her and, you know, she just kept praying. And whenever he, she would get slapped, she would just thank the Lord that this was another opportunity to shine for him. Dude, it's so disgusting and so so wrong. And again, it 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 that, those teachings did I think really program a lot of women first of all to accept yes. abuse, to do, to accept domestic violence. It also takes away their voice, you Absolutely. know, which is the predator like the, what they want to do to prey is take yeah. away their voice because I think of we've talked about it before that preacher Mark Driscoll Mm -hmm. and what he said. I remember, I remember listening to a podcast and he said, women, don't go to your husbands and tell them what, you know, how they hurt your feelings. Just pray, 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 pray. And the Holy Spirit will go and talk to them. And I remember hearing that. Didn't he say pray and give them oral sex? Well, that was another conversation. That was another. Oh, I'm kidding. Yeah, no, he had a whole book about giving them yeah, oral sex in order to yeah. to convert. Anyways, but I remember thinking oh, that was for conversion. conversion. <laughs> it was for conversion. Sorry, that's not at all funny. <laughs> so, oh. and I remember thinking this and and using that technique for somebody who was difficult in my life. And then in hindsight, kind of going back, going, why was I pissed off at that? Like because it took away from me. It said, women, men just don't want to hear from you. They don't want to hear your voice. You know what? It's irritating. It's bothersome. It's, mm-hmm. you know, shut up and just go to God and he will take care. And if he doesn't, maybe that's good for you. And it's just, it, it, it pisses me off to no end as well, because the prey deserve to have a voice. It diffuses, yeah, it diffuses, it diffuses your ability to call out the wrong. And if they don't, if, if you're just crying out to God, who else is hearing it? If you're going, you know what I mean? Like if you're, if you're praying, then you're not talking to anybody else. You're not going to the police. You're not going to your friends. You're not going to the head of the church. I mean, right. all like of God those, gave yes, us a very, brain. I just yeah. literally defaulted to all of the spiritual authorities. That just makes me sick that I did that. But, um, you know, you can't even go to a friend or you wouldn't think to even call the victim hotline, you know, the domestic violence hotline mm-hmm. and be like, Hey, this is happening to me. I don't know how to get out of it. Instead, you are conditioned by the predators to just give it to God because you know what? He's doing a greater work in you. And it's, yeah, I mean, it's mind it's toxic. It's mind blowing because in order to get out of it, you have to recognize that you are prey. Like we were talking on a different podcast with a doctor, uh, Tamara Knott. She had said that the, that the, that prayer are, um, empathetic, agreeable, flexible, caretaking, generous. And self-sacrificing. So you have these people who get along with people, who love people. Pro-social. Pro-social, she says. Yeah. So those are not people who are going to, there's no way for somebody like that to even conceptualize that their leader, they, they just naturally want to, oh, this person is totally certain. This person, like like a Gothard or a Driscoll or even like a, 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 a pastor. Mm-hmm. They're, they want what's good for me. 
Of course they want what's good for me. They're not going to teach me something that Jesus said because they're trying to use it as a tool to dominate me and control me. Like they wouldn't, they wouldn't even have the thought because it doesn't occur to them because they're good people. But then there's this hierarchy of predatory uh, behavior, pred- like setting up predatory systems to have these people as their minions. And then you start with them self-policing and then policing victims mm-hmm, who actually mm-hmm. are getting out. And you've got this recipe for disaster. You've got everybody drinking Kool-Aid. You just see like the flowchart. Yeah, yes. I just see the yeah. flowchart. Yeah. And it really starts with that simplistic trust and not questioning. Yeah. yeah. And I the really put it, that to me is like, that's where it starts. When you decide that you are going to trust something explicitly and then blindly. I trust Bill Gothard. I'm going to trust him with my kids. I'm going to trust them with my children's futures. I'm going to trust every program he has and anything that my kids might ever say or anyone else might say about Bill. Well, again, he follows God, so I'm not going to question it. You've made that decision for yourself, but maybe you, and then I think that's why in people that start asking the questions or start to air the laundry of the dirty things that are happening, like it pushes against and it forces them to make a choice. Will I continue to blindly trust or will I do the hard work and start asking the questions that are probably in their gut? They know that's why they're in defense. You know, they know that there's something there. They just don't want to be pushed against it because, again, it's all of that above that you just uh, you just laid out will crumble. And and there is no language like that's mm-hmm. I'm I'm I imagine that that's something that you would have when you first started kind of, you know, getting out of the system, you knew you were in pain. You know, we talked about how you had you you wanted to get out, but there wasn't almost a language or a world for you to get out. Mm-hmm. And there's there is a because they've put so much fear of the outside world in you, too. You. <laughs> I remember the first few years that I was out in the real world and I, I realized I just had such a desire to believe everybody. I just, and even, even now my, my best friend is like, you just so deeply want the world to be kind. Mm-hmm. And I was like, well, who does, doesn't everybody? <laughs> and he was like, well, the problem is you, you allow it to cloud your ability to actually sense what's wrong in people. Like I have, I have a great, um, sensory system like I feel it in my gut but I have this hope in myself that's like yeah but maybe they won't be as bad as I think maybe 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 they're I don't know they dig down into their own hearts and they they realize that they're being mean or irresponsible um, or rude or disrespectful and at the end of the day there's no there's no check and balance in that person they're just going to continue to you know scorch the earth as they will and I just wish that people could be kind well, you're super, um, you're, you superimpose yeah. your prey brain on them. You superimpose your kind, generous, good. It, it's so hard to imagine that that yeah. person is actually calculating and scheming, conniving, manipulating in order to control you. It's like you have to keep going through it <laughs> to, to oh. real, like realize it's there. Those systems are designed, though, so that you do not have your own voice or intuition mm-hmm. or being able to trust that. And we talked to that, about that before. But again, it's like those things are bad. And I felt the same way. I remember it was like you have to not like, you know, 
whatever, whatever would be like gay people, you know, whatever people would be taught. And then I'm not going and trying to convert them all and telling them they're going to hell. So there must be something wrong with me that I'm not brave enough to say that. See, that's the predator gaslighting your brain. Yeah, again. exactly. Yeah, and, you're, but you're maybe, gaslighting yourself. <laughs> but the thing is, maybe my intuition to not do that is my gift. Right. And that is right. the beauty of me. And the fact that you want to go around and change everybody and tell them they're going to hell, maybe that's the problem. Mm -hmm. But you're not taught that in those systems. You don't give you don't get any language. No. For trusting yourself, for your intuition, for trusting anything or anyone other than the hierarchy. Yeah. And it the interpretation all of your your actual instincts too. Because your instinct is I don't need to be pushing that person and telling no. them they're doing bad things. That's because I don't even I know need if to they are watch what I'm doing. When, that I'm nice and that I'm kind or that I'm responsible and, um, you know, a good citizen on this planet to other other human beings. But, yeah, when it, the, the the Christian faith specifically kind of it turns off so many of the normal instincts. But I remember as a kid, you know, being asked to go and witness or, you know, we're just going to do door to door this weekend. And, oh, I did not want to get out of bed that day. No. I I think out of all the things I hated doing most, that was it. I hated first just knocking on strangers doors and ruining their day <laughs> because to <laughs> me, I felt like that's what I was doing. Second, it, I then had to try to explain something that I still didn't understand. Why am I telling them about this guy who did this, who I still haven't seen any proof that he's actually a really great guy who really helps and saves people because I'm still not being saved from all the abuse I'm in. And now I have to go and I actually have to be brave and tell them the, you know, the story of, of the gospel. And then if you don't do it, then you're told, well, you're not you're not bold enough for God. Yes. And you you get put down again. And that conflict of my gut says this really this just doesn't feel natural. Like if I if I'm in love with Mary Kay, I'm knocking on everybody's doors. Hey, this is the, this is the <laughs> totally. thing I need to know about <laughs> because I believe in it. And that's not hard to do. And I'm also not hurting anybody by showing them some makeup. Exactly. You know? Yeah. Or indoctrinating them into a sense of something that will elicit them giving up their their authentic selves right or making them feel bad hi you're a sinner i don't know if you were if you knew this but you were born a dirty rotten sinner and the only way you're going to feel better about your life is if you accept jesus into it yeah fear I, I mean so i mean fear fear, fear fear is that it's it's like the gateway to control mm -hmm. Yeah. If I can if I can discombobulate you, if I can make you afraid, I have a much better chance of controlling you. Right. Exactly. And and, it, and then if I can tell you I'm totally certain of the solution. Mm. If I can make you afraid and then offer you comfort. Uh, right. That's that's a great formula. And if you're here's not your no problem and here's the solution. Oh, yeah. And, and I got you know right here. <laughs> that's one of my favorite lines is there's there's just this little quote in that Gothard shiny happy people and where it's like if you have if you want a better marriage better parenting better this like like this program has every answer you need in life <laughs> and you're sitting there going like i need all those things yeah. <laughs> every answer sounds great sign uh, me up for every seminar sign please. Me up because you must know <laughs> what you're talking about and there's this assumption if you say it if you say you're certain about something if you're prey and you wouldn't lie about that you assume yeah. That they must know it. Well, mm -hmm. 
And that's what we're learning, too. Like when we talk to Dr. Knott, these people, our brains are wired different. So we are wired to, if you're prey, you're wired to maybe be more optimistic and empathetic. And then there are people who are these coercive controllers, narcissists, whatever you want to call them, who are wired differently. So they will say with such certainty to get what they want, not because it's true. And that is so, yes, and it's so foreign to people who are empathetic and open. And and maybe that's what's so hard about uh, reevaluating your life's journey. And I think that that is hard because if you are of a certain age, say you're 60, 70, 80, and you've lived that many years in a situation, like it makes me actually want to cry because to think that you were in something that hurt somebody else would be so hard. And I'm not validating that because it's frustrating and it's wrong. And you hope that they would get some chutzpah because they are the ones who could have the biggest voice Mm -hmm. and could use that time with the wisdom they have, but they're not. It's, I mean, I think you hit the nail on the head, though, and it's something that I've had a lot of discussion with some friends of mine regarding my own parents that, I mean, they're in their 60s now. And so now they're having to look back at their life, realizing that a very, very large swath of it was spent harming their children, hmm. indoctrinating their children, cutting us off at the knees when it came to education. Um, and they did not give us what they still want to believe they did. This cognitive dissonance of, well, no, but but look, you're so successful. Look, look, you're, you're doing this and that now. So, you know, really that training helped you. And you're like, you're not hearing a word of what I am trying to get through to you. But again, I realize that you're so fragile with your fear. Your fear is so big that the fragility you hold is that Jenga puzzle. And I'm pulling at the bottom piece. And as I continue to pull it, you just get tighter and tighter and tighter in your defensiveness. And you you want to deny what you did because you, again, it all crumbles and you're, you're forced to face it. And again, I find it to be so cowardice, frankly. It's just you're a coward. If you are not interested with love in trying to understand how what you believe and what you have said and done has hurt other people, you're not brave. It's no. not, that's not bold or brave at all. No, it's a it's a tremendous ego as well. It's it's uh, yeah. allowing your ego to dissolve. Yeah, they choose themselves. They choose themselves with their belief over everything else. And yeah. they can tell me if they ever do, they can tell me till the cows come home, they love me. And I'm like, no, actually, you don't. Because your your actions, your words don't they don't measure up to what love actually is. And if it's even even love in the Bible, it's you're still not showing it to me. Well, I mean, the the, the foundation of love is safety. Yeah. It's, and connection. And, and if somebody if somebody is saying to you, I'm not safe, I'm not safe. Then then there is no there is no possibility of love. There, there can't be. Yeah. Yeah. There, there can be obedience, there can be fear, there can be control, there can be a lot of stuff. There can be well, checking I've, boxes. I've said many times too that without without trust, I can't ha- I can't accept your love either. Like even mm, if yeah. you do have love, if I don't trust you and you don't believe me, 
there your love no matter how small or big it is it's it's inconsequential to me because like you said i don't trust you to be a safe you're not viably safe for me to be with you yeah we had some one of our friends um was talking about um unconditional love and she said unconditional love does not exist that's why we have vows yeah i'm like yeah that's right that's right (laughs) that's funny so this is going off topic a little bit but um like what i'm thinking is uh, like as we're talking about all this indoctrination and all of the you know lack of language as you got more and more hurt and as your fire kind of burned more and more brightly and you found yourself on the other side of this you found yourself outside the umbrella getting rained on (laughs) um it felt good uh, yeah, yeah. Threw that umbrella well, away and realizing for the first time in my life, <laughs> you're so clean. Can you just tell us a little bit about that experience? It's like I, I'm, I'm just so curious. Like as you're outside and it's raining on you, and you're supposed to be like the wicked witch of the west, like melting, but actually it's life giving, right? But how do you process that through the years? Um, I think there was a compartmentalization of myself. Um, I think that a lot of the indoctrination from Gothard's teachings haunted me, but I just kept daring myself to try things. And then I would realize it's not true. It's like, you know, if you drank alcohol, you were giving ground over to Satan. And I'm like, wine's really yummy. And (laughs) I don't hate this at all. And oh, look what I learned drink responsibly Uh, (laughs) (laughs) who knew (laughs) one can do such things um you know i i remember when i started modeling um i don't know if i said that back in our original conversations but when i first left everything uh and i got married um i stumbled into modeling for a bit and i was doing like bridal dresses and things like that Um, And then it progressed into, hey, do swimsuits, do some lingerie stuff. And and of course, for a minute, I was like, oh, I don't know. That feels a little that's pushing against the wall of the purity culture stuff. I mean, I'm married. So, you know, now I can have sex like crazy, apparently, you know. Um, So I've been unleashed in that (laughs) way. But then here I am. I'm going to show my body. And at the time I was young, I'm like, well, I don't think I look too bad. So I'm going to go and take some photos. And um, friends within the cult system saw them and they did not come for me. They came for my husband. Yeah, that makes oh, total sense to me. He yeah. does not have control over you. Well, they, yeah. they started telling me like, oh, we just really, we, we're just feeling very convicted for Bryce. Like we don't have respect for him right now because okay, sorry, he's sorry. allowing well, you to do this. He, uh, how is, how, they're going after him? So yeah, you guys said PJ is so confused. PJ is so confused. You, yeah, PJ wasn't raised in this authority. system. Because I'm not allowed to have autonomy fully. So if oh, I'm out there, you know, prancing around in my bikini, then I am out from under the authority yet again. Instead of going, well, I'm, I'm married. I can do what I want. No, you don't get married and just get free. You get married to another authority. So then so, he, so you're shamed, but you're shamed through him. Then he's shamed. Yes, yes. And so then it's used as a control tactic to me that I would love him enough that I wouldn't want him to be shamed by anybody that believes the way that we do. 
Um, I'm now jeopardizing his reputation by acting this way. And that almost drives that that can drive a wedge in a relationship. So so that so then and it functions quite well in that way for a lot of families. Yes. Or it will just continue in removing the voice from the wife, putting her back under submission, putting her back in, you know, cuddle her up under the umbrella. Um, And I just kind of said to them, look, uh, this isn't about him. This is he's not a part of this decision, although he was between him and I. But that's him and that's our choice. So first of all, stop prattling in my marriage. Get out of here. It's your opinion does not matter here. Our opinion to each other is what actually matters. Don't ask me how I how I was this way. I don't have answers for that. I think I was just defiant. And I didn't see it as, oh, I'm this this independent woman who just wants to be free and a feminist and have a voice. I, that is, that's, that wasn't in my head. I was still pushing against the system that was trying to put me back in my box, Mm -hmm. just like in the Barbie movie, when they try to put her back in the package (laughs) and they start tightening up the zips around her wrists. And I got so much panic watching that part of the film. I was like, Oh my God, the metaphor of putting her back in the box. And that's where they feel safest. All of the authorities, all the men in that room. And the fact that it was all men was very telling to me too. And wanted her Mm -hmm. to be zipped back in that box, the perfect little Barbie where she can just behave in the box. And as that pull, as the arm started to pull and she like, oh, she got that feeling of like, oh, no, 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 hold on a second. You know, and then she sneaks out and runs away. And I think that's what I constantly felt. I didn't have all the words. I hadn't gone through therapy. I just knew like, no, you don't, you don't get to hold on to me like that anymore. I don't know why, but it just, you can't do that for me. There's too much out there I want to know and I want to experience. And I, I, I just can't be blah anymore. That's blah. I can't, can't go back in the box for me. Can I ask but one I, question? In, in, oh, go ahead. About that. I'm just curious, out of all the naysayers and people that have spoken against what you've said uh Mm. gender wise is there sort of a predominance of female voices to male voice i'm just curious female Mm. okay not surprised self-police yeah yeah Yeah. again i'm not surprised um i think the male voices at this point probably are checking me off as someone who is completely outside the system and they'd rather me not get near anyone they know Mm -hmm. so they'd rather dismiss me dismissing someone who is a troublemaker like myself is far easier for them. Just don't let her back in. Women will try to control me back under the authority because again, they have so much fear. Um, And Hey, if they don't get to have the experiences in a fun life, then why should you? (laughs) Yeah, I swear that that's a part of it. I think a lot of of my fundy friends who I don't have in my life anymore, obviously, but um, back in the very early days, I think they they were shocked. But then I think there was a lot of jealousy. I was not I, I was scared. Sure. I was scared to do a lot of things in my life, but I was willing to push through this the scared because I was far more afraid of going back to that life. Mm-hmm. Like, no, Amen. I will. That will always be a flaming house of fire behind me and it will always propel me to continue running. Lindsay, we're going to keep talking to you because you have so much to offer us. So thank you so much for all of this. We need to wrap up this episode. But we have another one. (laughs) 
I appreciate you guys so much. You are so thrilling. You just, you, you turn on my brain in such an exciting way. So thank you again for having me. We pay extra for that, Lindsay. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks so much. <laughs>